John chapter number three, and we'll start reading in verse number one. And we'll go ahead and read the, probably on down to verse number 21. But John chapter three, verse number one, as we read this account here of the Lord's life where he meets a man named Nicodemus. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But thou canst tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I will tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth the truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Our Lord and Father, again, we just ask that you would help us as we look at this scripture to understand it as you would have us to understand it. Lord, I pray that you would help us to read these scriptures and, uh, Lord, as we always want to do, to rightly understand. And, Lord, I pray that you would help us to take a few moments to just be reminded of the gift that we have of salvation. Thank you for it, Father, for it's in your name. Amen. Guys, this is actually a really neat story because what's been happening right here is this guy, this man named Nicodemus, he was a man, the Bible says in verse number one, that he was a Pharisee. I mean, he was a guy that was... They could have said, hey, he's a ruler of the Jews, so to speak, the Bible says over there in a little past verse number 10. He says that, hey, he, this guy was a smart guy. He should have known things about God's word. He should have known things about God. 
But there was something that he didn't understand. There was something that, that just wasn't quite, it wasn't quite registering with this guy. You know, I, I will tell you with an assured fact, there are people today that know the Bible very, very well. There are people that understand the words of God, the things that are written therein, when they were written, who they were written by. They, they know the culture of the guys that were written. them. They know the history of it. They know more about the Bible than I and many other preachers do. But yet there's still something that they're missing. They're still missing out on the thing that Nicodemus was missing out on. So what happened, Nicodemus being this guy that was a Pharisee, he thought to himself, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I've got to know who Jesus is. I've got to know. So he says to himself, I am going to go straight to the man and just ask him. I want to find out what's going on with this guy. So the Bible says that Nicodemus goes to Jesus by nighttime. Many people speculate it's at nighttime because he doesn't want to be seen by you know, all his other contemporaries. Hey, he's, he's a well-to-do guy. I mean, why would, why would he want to be seen you know, running around with the likes of a guy like Jesus? So here he does, he goes and, and he comes to him and he asks this very simple question. Verse number two, he says, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles except thou doest, except God be with him. He says, Jesus, we know that you're a teacher from God, that you come from God. That's the only way you could be doing these miracles. And then it's amazing. The very next thing that Jesus says, verse number three, he says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, part of me, I'm just trying to understand in my mind. Nicodemus walks up to Jesus and says, Jesus, you've got to be a great teacher from God because of your miracles. And then Jesus just looks at him and says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's not even in the same, in the same conversation, really. And you know, I think to myself, I wonder if Jesus didn't already know what Nicodemus was trying to figure out. Nicodemus was trying to figure out truly who this man was. Well, why was he so much different than other teachers? Why, why was he so special? Folks, what he was looking for was to be born again. He was looking to be saved. He was looking to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He was looking to, to understand this truth. Whether he knew it or not, Jesus knew what he was looking for. So Jesus went ahead and told him. And then, folks, we really don't see anything more from Nicodemus here in this chapter. But we do see about a man named Nicodemus later on at the end of Jesus' life, still following what Jesus was teaching. And we can believe that he got saved that day because of that. But what we're going to look at, though, here over the next few minutes, there's just a couple things, uh, three things here we want to look at that we can learn about salvation. Folks, these are lessons about salvation from Jesus Christ himself. Now, of course, we understand the Bible. It all come from the Lord. It's all his anyhow. But these are things that Jesus himself said to his man named Nicodemus. The first thing he gives us was this. And it's a very neat picture. This is the first time we've ever seen this picture before. In verse number three, he says, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And you know, when we look at this from a purely physical mindset... If we had never read this scripture, if we never had John chapter 3 and we had never read it, and I were up here and I said, hey, unless you get born a second time, you're not going to get to go to heaven. 
I mean, you guys are probably going to look at me like I've got three eyes or something. You're going to think, how can a person be born a second time? That doesn't make sense. And you know, that's what Nicodemus said as well. He looked at him and says, that, that doesn't make sense. And he asked the, the question that really anyone would ask. He says, is it really possible for me to go back to my mother to enter in her womb a second time and to be born again? Lord, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't do anything for me, even if it were possible. What's, what's the point? And then the Lord gives us what he's talking about in verse number five. He says, except a man be born of water. Folks, that's talking about the physical birth, the natural birth. Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, here's what everyone has. Every person that you've ever seen, every person you shake hands with, you've laid eyes on them, you've read about them, every name you've heard, they have had the water birth. They were a real person. They have been born. They've come into this world. They, 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 were, uh, they had a mom. They had a dad. And here they are. Folks, that's the natural birth process. But now the Lord, He looks at every one of those people and sees them as having a body that's alive, but a spirit that's dead. You know, you can have a body that's alive, but in a manner of speaking, the spirit hasn't been born yet. It hasn't been quickened. It hasn't been changed. It hasn't had that second birth. Folks, that's why Jesus says that our spirit has to be born. Something has to take place. Folks, that's why we know for one, salvation is not, is not a process. Okay, there are some that would say, oh, well, you know, you start down this path and you do this, this, this and this. And and then at the end of it, you can say, you know, you've, you've fulfilled your requirements and boy, you'll you'll one day be in paradise. No, listen, did you know that I have a spiritual birthday just like I have a physical birthday? You know, there was a point in time when I got down on my knees before the Lord and I begged God to forgive me for being a sinner. And he changed me. And that day. My spirit was quickened. It was made alive. It was made new. And that was my spiritual birthday. That's the day that I became a Christian. That's the day that I was born again. So folks, we see this example of the body. We can see that. And you know, there's something interesting here too. He gives us another really neat example. We'll read this verse here in just a moment. But whenever someone is getting ready to have a baby, it's always a really neat time, you know, because all the ladies are getting together and boy, they're, you know, they're getting together some, some showers and they're getting together some diapers and, and, you know, they'll have some parties and baby showers and whatnot. And then once, boy, once the baby is here, man, the, the baby is born and, and you, your house is suddenly without sleep and there's crying and, and you know, there's, your house smells different because, you know, things are just different. Things change. You know, he gives us a pretty neat example here. When a baby is born, you can see there's a difference somewhere. Look what the Bible says right here in verse number seven and eight. Marvel not that I said unto you, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. 
folks, the day that we have a spiritual birthday, something happens that we can't see. Listen, when a body is born, when a person is born, when there's a new baby, man, you can see it. You can hold it. And you can look into its eyes. You can feed it. And you can change it. And things, things take place in the home. But on the spiritual birthday, the Bible says it's like the wind. It says there's, there's something that takes place that, that you can't see. Listen, I had my water birthday November 9th, 1989. You know, I'm, I'm you know, pushing 30, not too far from it. And I remember... You know, I would go to school, I would go to Sunday school, I would go to children's church, and, and I'll never forget, I was on a Wednesday night, I was in a fifth and sixth grade boys class, and I remember raising my hand, telling my teacher that, that I, didn't, I didn't know what would happen if I would die. I had no idea. I, I, didn't, I didn't have any assurity of whether or not I was saved, whether I was going to heaven, whether I was going to hell, I had no idea. And folks, he pulled me into a side room, and he opened the Bible and he showed me some of these very same verses. How, how the Christ died on the cross for me. What we read here in John 3.16. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, these are things that tell us what Christ did for us. And listen, that day I had my spiritual birthday. But you couldn't, you couldn't see anything different. You couldn't physically see it with your eyes. That's kind of like the way the wind is. Look, when the wind blows, can you actually see the wind? I remember when I was a little boy, I used to think the wind was caused because I, I, maybe I'm, I'm kind of like my own son. I try to think there's a reason for everything. I used to think the wind was when the trees were moving around and they would kind of fan the air, you know, and it would, it would blow it. I had to have a reason for it. But I didn't understand the wind is just something that happens that that you can't see. And if you live in big timber, then you understand. There's you know, sometimes the wind that can be pretty strong. And boy, the wind, it has some power. I mean, we've seen some uh, destruction that the wind can cause. Boy, you can see the trees blowing. You can see uh, some shingles torn off of roofs. And you can see all kinds of stuff happen. Look, when our spiritual birthday happens, there's no new body there's no new physical body that I'm living in, but there's something happening down inside of me that you can't see it, but you can see something happening. Listen, once I got up out of that room, when I had gotten down on my knees and I had asked God to save me, I asked God to change me, to make me, make me one of His. Folks, that day forward, I had a peace with, with my standing with the Lord, I had a peace that was, that's indescribable. I can, I can tell you, I remember as a boy, I used to lay in bed at night wondering how I stood with the Lord. I used to wonder what would happen if I would die. You know, if I die, boy, am I, am I going to be with the Lord? Man, I sure hope so. I used to wonder. But I remember after I had my spiritual birthday and I saw that this is, this is a point in time where something happens. Something happened inside of me that gave me peace. It gave me joy. Man, it was something that's, that's lasting and it's, and it's even here today. It's amazing to see what happens on the inside that we can't see. That's why verse number 8 tells us, The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof. You can hear the wind, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whether it goeth. 
We don't know where the wind's coming from or where it's going, but we can hear it and we know things are happening. And in the last part of the verse, it says, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Folks, something happens in the Spirit that can't be seen, but boy, we can hear the effects of and we can see the effects of. So the Lord gives us a great picture. Folks, what is salvation? We could sum it up in a way saying it's our spiritual birthday. That is the day that we make a choice, that we say, today I am going to be one of the Lord's. I want to be someone that, that longs after the Lord. I want, I want Him to forgive me. I repent of my sin and I accept Him as my Savior. So number two, here's something else that we learn from Jesus Christ about salvation. First, we learn it's a new birthday. But look at verse number 11. I'm sorry, look at verse number 13. And no man hath ascended up to heaven. Folks, I want to tell you this. There's no man that can work his way to heaven. There's no man that can work his own salvation. He, he, can't, he can't attain salvation on his own. It can't be done. No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. That's Jesus. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You know, very quickly, I want to tell you a story out of the Old Testament. There was a time in the Old Testament uh, when the, God's people, the Israelites, they were wandering around through the wilderness and they were out there for 40 years. And during that time, there was a period when, uh, when Moses, he was commanded to take a serpent... And they would take that serpent. It was fixed up as, as the image of a serpent. And he took it around his pole. And he wrapped it around his pole. And he was able to set it, to, to set it up where everyone, everyone could see. And what had happened, everyone there amongst the camp, they were getting very, very ill uh, from some, some serpents, from snakes that the, that the camp had gotten into. They were getting, uh, they were getting bit. It was venomous. And folks, the, they, uh, Moses told him, he said, people, listen, all you have to do is look upon what I have lifted up. Look on it. Trust that this will save you. Come and look on it. And when you do that, you will be healed. And folks, what happened was that was a picture of what one day Jesus would have to do. All of mankind is sick. And just as Moses lifted up his rod with the serpent wrapped around it, Jesus Christ was lifted up on the cross, and so must we look to that as well. By the way, it's kind of funny, just throwing this out there. This always makes me think of it. Have you ever been to a doctor's office and seen the symbol that's on the side of the building? It's always a post with a snake wrapped around it. Just thought that was kind of interesting. Anyhow, that was for free. So we see that, man, this is it's the same thing. Folks, a lot of times in the Old Testament... Things would happen that they call a type, which is basically just another word for it's a picture. There are some things that just have too many similarities to ignore. And that's what one of those was. When, when Moses lifted up his rod, this piece of wood with the serpent wrapped around it, he's telling us right here that it's the same thing in verse number 13. Or verse number 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Folks, listen. 
just like Moses had to lift this up. Was there anything special in Moses' rod that, that fixed people? No, it was of the power of God. That's what we understand. But it was a picture of what Jesus had to do. Folks, when Christ raised up on the cross and when he shed his blood, that is what bought and paid for our salvation. You know, there's no way I could pay for my own soul. There's no way I could work off my sin debt. You know, it's just like, just like a man is convicted of some kind of crime. You know, if he has been convicted and he has to be punished, he can't do something good to outweigh what he's done that's bad. It doesn't work that way. He still has to work off his debt. He has to pay his debt. Folks, Christ paid our debt for us. And when he was lifted up, what he is now saying very much in the same way, saying, look, world, here I am. I was lifted up on the cross. Just look at me. Believe on me. Believe that what I give you is true. Trust in me. And you also, you too can be saved. Folks, it's a very similar picture of what happened there with Moses. Moses lifted up the serpent and gave everyone the command, come, here it is, look at it, just gaze upon it and you'll be healed. No doubt there were some people that said, no, I'm, I don't think I'm going to believe something as silly as that. And they could have went their way and they could have died in their sickness. And no doubt there were also others that looked they gazed upon the, 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 the image that was lifted up. They looked at it and through the power of God, they were healed. Folks, God is now compelling every man, every woman, everywhere to look upon the cross. Look at it. Believe in it. Trust it. And through that, they also might be saved. So folks, we've seen that salvation first, it's a new birth. Man, I've got my spiritual birthday. That's wonderful. We also see that something must be offered. Something must be lifted up in our place. And that was the Lord. And now this brings us here to the sad part of the scripture as well. Folks, let's look at verse number 16 and read in the context of the next few verses. For God so loved the world. Folks, God loved the whole world. He loves every last one of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Folks, he wanted to save the whole world. He wanted them to be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. You know, that's a wonderful thought. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Folks, that's the word we need to let sink in for a minute. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Folks, what happened now is this. That word already... That one simple word puts every single human being on level ground. From the time we are born, it doesn't matter what kind of home we're born into. It doesn't matter what our nationality is. It doesn't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter how well to do or how well off I am. None of that matters. Because what's happening is those that do not believe in God, and by the way, 
of, of my own self from the time we are born, we don't understand God. We don't know God. We're not born having a belief in God. I will say this, and I might be getting ahead of myself. You know, we understand those that aren't able to call upon the name of the Lord for themselves. We believe that God has them under his special amount of grace. You know, we believe that because of David. David had a son, a little baby boy. And that baby boy died before the baby was ever able to grow. The baby died before he was able to walk, before he was able to talk. And David, he wrote down in God's word, God told him to. He wrote down and said, hey, he can't come to where I am, but I can go to where he is. And we know that one day we'll see that little baby in heaven. Just like any of the other babies that don't have the opportunity to be able to come to the knowledge of Christ the way we have. But with that in mind, the Bible tells us here that he that does not believe is condemned already. Every single person comes to a point in their life where they are of, of a capable mind to be able to choose God for themselves. And once we have reached that moment where we are of a sound enough mind to make those choices, the Bible says the entire world, level ground, they're condemned. The whole world. Folks, that's because of the nature that we're born with. We are born with sin natures. And we've talked about that before. That's why when we see little children, we don't have to teach them to lie. Right? We don't have to teach little kids to fight. We don't have to teach little kids to disobey. They're born with it. They just already know how. We have to teach them how to do good and to do right and to be honest. Folks, we are born with that. And the Bible says because of that sin nature we are born with, we are condemned already without a hope. Without a prayer. There's nothing I can do to fix it. And that's a pretty morbid place to be. To not even have a choice in the matter. In the sense of being born that way. I didn't have the choice to be born with this sin curse. It happened you know, back in the Garden of Eden with Adam. I didn't have that choice. Man, I was born with this sin nature. And so from the moment that I come to the age of accountability, I'm condemned already? Man, that's kind of, it seems kind of a tough place to be in. But I love what that same verse says right before it. He that believeth on him is not condemned. We see he that believeth on him is not condemned. So the word already, hey, that shows us where everyone's on level ground. Every single person before the Lord, they are level. They are equal. They are all there before him condemned already. But... Those that follow verse number 18, those that believe on him, well, they're not going to be condemned. That word condemned in the sense of meaning being found guilty, being held accountable for the things they've done. Folks, there was a time in my life where if I would have died, that I would have went to hell. There was a time where I knew the difference between right and wrong. I knew that the Lord was real. I knew that that there was something to the nature of salvation. I knew that God was who he said he was. But I was living and denying the fact that he should have been the Lord of my life. And if I would have died, I would have died without Christ and I would have went to hell. But remember that I told you that day I was on my fifth and sixth grade class. I was a young man. I was with, I remember telling my teacher, I said, hey, I, I need to get this thing settled. And then I had my second birthday. That's the day that I did number 18. I believed. 
And boy, when I believed, I wasn't condemned anymore. Uh, God didn't hold me accountable anymore. God doesn't hold me guilty anymore. So folks, what we find for this is that man now must believe. Folks, man has to make that choice. They have to choose those things for themselves. So verse number 18 shows us that the entirety of mankind is condemned already on level playing field. But man must believe. Listen, there are two ideas when it comes to the salvation in this matter. And I disagree with both of them. I'll go ahead and tell you that. I disagree with both of them. One of them says that Man has to work for their salvation. They, they in of themselves have to, they have to do these things. They have to be this. They have to uh, work off this way. And, and, and maybe of, of their own power, they are able to come to where God is. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a minute. And here's why. Because my salvation wasn't worked off by me. My sin debt was paid by Christ's blood on the cross. It was his blood. It wasn't me. It was his blood. And then on the way other side of it, they would say, well, you don't have a choice. You don't have any opportunity at all to be able to come to the Lord of your own thought and of your own mind. You have no choice at all in it. You, you, can't, you can't work at all. But beyond that, you don't even have a choice. Man, if you get to go to heaven, great. If you don't, well, the Lord just didn't pick you. Sorry. I mean, that's, and that's the other extreme. I don't believe that either. Folks, I'll tell you what I do believe. I believe, one, that Christ bought and paid for my salvation. I'm not working for it. He did. He's the one that paid for it. And then furthermore than that, he's the one that offered it to all of us. Remember the level playing ground? Remember when Moses lift up the serpent? He showed the entire nation of Israel. Here it is. Just look at it. It's here for all of you. Just come look at it. It's so simple. Just look at it. And folks, 2,000 years ago, Christ was on the cross saying, look, here I am. And he's now saying the same thing. Just look at me. Just believe me. Just trust me. Here I am. And if they will only believe, then they will not be condemned. So I don't believe that one, that we work for it because Christ is the one that done it, not me. But I also believe that I have a responsibility to accept what happened is true. You know, and that's not a work. That, that's, that's not an action that I take. That's just a heart matter. That's just whether I accept it as true or not. So, folks, we see that man must also believe. Verse number 19, and we'll finish with these last three. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Folks, and this kind of starts speaking to our heart as well. You know, whenever someone wants to do evil, they want to do it in the dark, don't they? They don't want to do it in the light where everyone's able to see. And that, that's why we talk about how there's so many things that go bump in the night, how they, they scare us. We don't know if it's going to be a bad thing. But folks, the Bible also tells us that he that doeth truth cometh to the light. Folks, those things are going to be done in the light. But in the context of what we've seen here with our notes tonight, we learned three simple things, and there's more in here, but we went over three simple things that Jesus taught us tonight about salvation. One, we learned our spirit, it's got a birthday. Just like me, my, my physical body, it's got a birthday. The day that you got saved, 
That's your spiritual birthday. Man, your, your spirit was made alive. And that was a great and wonderful day. That was the day of our salvation. And then we saw number two, something else has to be lifted up. It's not me. I can't lift myself up. I, I, can't, I can't get to heaven on my own. Just like in the wilderness, the serpent that was lifted up, so was Christ lifted up on the cross. He's the one that saves us. He's the one that bought it and paid for it. And then number three, we also see that man, they must believe. Because we're all found guilty. Every single man, the Bible says right here, they are condemned already. Just because of the sin curse that we live in. We live in this sin-cursed world that was fallen because of Adam over 5,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago, however many it was. Folks, we know that we are all sin-cursed already because of that. And we are condemned already because of that. But if we will simply believe that condemnation is gone, and man, I can be clean and have a clean heart and have peace before the Lord. Folks, let's thank God for our salvation. Let's thank God for His gift of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. So if we could, we'll just have every head bowed and every eye closed. And we'll just spend a moment and thank God for His gift of salvation. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we love You. Thank You so much for Your free gift of salvation that You bought and paid for on the cross. Lord, it's through the blood of Christ that we are able to have remission of our sin. Lord, thank You. I pray that tonight you would help us to look to you and just to spend some time reflecting and thinking about what it is that you have done for us. So folks, again, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I never want to close a service without just giving us as God's people time to do business with him. There may be something tonight that's just weighing heavy on your heart. And just go ahead and give it over to the Lord. Maybe there's someone that we know. I know there's some that I know. Maybe there's some folks we know that are in the condemned already category. And I'll tell you, that's something that breaks my own heart. That's why it's so important for us to go and to tell them. All they got to do is believe. And their condemnation is gone. Folks, let's be busy about the Lord's work in that way. Our Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross. Thank you for your gift of salvation. Lord, we realize how hopeless and how helpless we are without you. Lord, we owe everything to you. Thank you. Lord, I pray tonight as we get ready to go our separate ways, you just help us not to take for granted this such great gift that we've been given. And Lord, help us to be good stewards of the gospel message. Lord, may we seek to honor you and to give you the praise and the glory in all that we say and all that we do. For it's in your name. Amen. Thursday and Friday.